All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of America's only, therefore best Catholic podcast with an explicit tag. <laughs> this is not an encouragement to make one of your own. So stop. <laughs> this is going to be the last episode of Catching Foxes before. before See, the everyone. New year. We've had a good run. Yeah, December 17th. We are done until January. We're taking a two. We're taking two weeks. So, so yeah. Actually, let's let's start with that. We're taking two weeks off. Um, I'm not going to act like we've been going every week since we've started. That's clearly not not the case. But we have never deliberately taken a break. Yep. We've just said, nah. Who cares? And typically, we, when we, we take we, a break, <laughs> it's one of us uh, takes a break, and then the other one panics and tries to find someone uh, <laughs> to help out. But but you know. Big help or big thanks to uh, BetterHelp, Monk Manual, and Catholic Match for sponsoring this episode of Catching Fox. I was like, what did they have to do with the break? <laughs> Catholic Match was so nice to move from next week to the to this week. They did, they did. So thank you very much. Not only can you can they help you find love, they can be uh, they can be accommodating. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we will return on, check the Catching Foxes calendar. January January 7th. the 7th, oh, yeah. 2022, the future. <laughs> hey, Luke, how are you? Hey, good. Great. This is not the third time that we've done no, this. No, no. We haven't <laughs> been making wild comments that no one on the face of the earth should have heard us say. Uh, everything's fine. I didn't just say a thing that could be taken horribly, yes. horribly inappropriately out of, out of context. Hey, Luke, I got some news for you. Yeah, yeah. What's up, bud? December 17th, this episode that we're recording right now will be the last episode of 2021. Oh, but is it the last episode of Catching Foxes ever? Fingers crossed. I mean, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No. <laughs> no, uh, we... Now, I, I actually, I, I want to give, I want to give a thank you huh. to two people. One, the clerically speaking guys, because they took a break, and I was like, I'm so jealous. Yeah. And then two, and they were like, Hey, and uh, Father Anthony or Harrison, I don't remember on which one or both. We were very encouraging for us to go and do that. Actually, I want to thank. Okay, I want to thank a couple of. They actually people. said taking a break was the best thing we've ever done for our podcast, and then it just took yeah. us six more months to do it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, not out of like out of pure of vanity, and not not just out of, of laziness. Mm. Not like you know, oh, we work so hard, girl. No, no, no. We just didn't take the time to try to make it. Happen. Yeah, we just but, didn't uh, plan. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's yeah, it's nothing like that. Um, I, 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 first of all, I want to be able to say thank you to all of our um, patrons who are like, hey, um, we're still going to give you money, so just do it. And so, like, thank you guys for that. That's very, very cool. And then, two, thank you to uh, Catholic Match. I think they moved an ad. I don't remember who else did just to make this impossible because that's, that's the thing that kind of always really was like, oh, it was like that paralyzing fear. Like, how do we change this? And uh, um, the fact that people have been so accommodating uh, for us to – because, like, honest to God, we've skipped the show here or there because, you know, w- um, laziness or we, we're gone or something like that. But for the most part, we've never deliberately since around – we've even, like, recorded stuff and it just never got released. <laughs> um Oopsie. We really have um, never, the two of us, taken two weeks in a row off since probably, like, spring of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of crazy? That is. 
Well, that is. And I don't think of it wow. that way. But I don't know how to think of it other than, well, our fans want this, so we have to produce it. And we can find two or three hours on any given night eventually to record a show. So there have been times where the only time we can record is Thursday night. So I teach a two hour class and then run downstairs Mm -hmm. and all the air conditioning is off in my building. And I record in the office, you know, all set up with my little gear and then go home and then wake up at, you know, five 30 to start editing and all that stuff. So it has been, uh, it has been crazy, but uh, this has been awesome. So Kate, the lovely Kate has been able to, uh, get Catholic match to move from next week to this week so that we could have December 24th and December 31st off. So we don't have any ads scheduled. So we just feel like, okay, these are going to be the two weeks and I'm going to tell you something, Luke, I, and this ties into our show. I desperately need this. I, I don't yeah. just need this. I think I do, too. I desperately need this. And I want to throw in one one more thing that's going to be a, a positive thing here. Um, mm-hmm. The people over at Ascension Press, they said, uh, hey, please stay tuned to your, your mailbox because we're sending you something as a gift for the holidays. We want to know when you get it. We want to make sure that you get it. And I said, yeah, 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 sure. And I, I thought, oh, it's going to be one of their beautiful Advent posters or something like that. And it was. And it was a very lovely note. And it was a 2022 gi- uh, retreat gift certificate that basically I just have to go on a retreat and they will pay oh, up, that's up awesome. to a certain dollar amount. They will pay to it. And they said, hey, if it's cheaper than what it is, you can go to up till you fulfilled your dollar amount. Like you can go on four different retreats for, you know, whatever. And. We'll cover it. So I'm like, what? there is literally God bless nothing them. better than that from a company that, like, is looking out for you, right? This isn't just because Lord knows our own company. We're not looking out for each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's the point of today, isn't it, Luke? Isn't that what we want to talk about? <laughs> no, no. no, yeah. And so, anyways, uh, did we thank our patrons or did we do that in the, the last one? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, no. We, th- we, oh, no. It was the last one. So, yeah. Oh, damn, damn it. it okay sorry yeah. <laughs> introduction number 2.5 no but also big big thank you to um our patrons uh they're the ones who said hey you guys should go ahead and um do this uh it is fine so please don't stop supporting us because we're kind of banking on that <laughs> um and no but we really like uh we gosh we really sh- i shouldn't have made that dumb joke <laughs> <laughs> your dumb joke has made us like did i really say that already uh, no yes one two three people from patreon be like hey you guys haven't gone on a break yet and so it was just like you know i i just was going through the it was two weeks ago i think and i was just going through the ad calendar that kate puts together which thank god and i just said uh hey could we move that catholic match ad and thus have two week two weeks off and her response was consider it done so after yeah, me and luke kate's record this and tomorrow morning i edit uh we are we are done Dang. but i think i'm still gonna do see this is the thing i think i'm still gonna do like a zoom call because i'm off work i'm done oh i've got to do some accounting stuff for us but you gotta do accounting stuff i gotta do zoom calls with our beautiful yeah, people no, i've got to work on the business but uh <laughs> really i just want to talk to james i just want to talk to james <laughs> no but I, I i think it'll probably for me be relatively um not uh, uh, relatively minimal and then, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I think also just like, uh, and then we should probably stop making it about us. I'm excited to not have to come up with anything for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure I will probably still do that, but just to give my brain a little bit of like a permission, like, okay, stop. And also, this doesn't have anything to do with what's going on with Catholic stuff, but please keep them in uh, in like your prayers. As I've said a thousand times, they are the greatest Catholic podcast that has ever existed. I just think they're the best, hands down, bar none. It's not even close. And uh, as, as pretty much everyone's aware, I don't know if you're aware of this going or not, but they have said, hey, they're going to take some time to to really pray about is this what does god want them to keep this going they need to work on their own um, friendships a bit and that's just a part of um life obviously and with especially when you're living you know like they are a community and they're yeah that's like a a vocation that's not easy there are times when you need to um, work on that and it's hard to like you know it's are you if you and shannon if you guys are like in like a fight or or things are tough or if, if, if things are hard with with you guys is it easier for you to like to go to a party like hey everything's fine we're happy to be around each other yeah i mean it's hard it's hard to be on this podcast and you know because the tension is do you want to talk about the things that are honest and real but also we don't want to be exhibitionists we've said this a million times and it's like yeah when i yeah. feel like crap because of you know something going on you know this year has been a prime example of that I don't want to immediately share it, but then I don't want to be fake, right? And so it's like, hey, here's the most important thing going on in my life that I have to stuff down to do a little, tiny little compartment and pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, and I, I think especially if, like, you're doing your show with your, like, I mean, their spouse is the church, but, like, they're in community with each other. They're accountable to each other, and that's more important than, like, what they're doing. So if they're wanting to work on their, uh, their as they said, and, and I don't know anything. I don't know any of the details. I don't know any, you know, I'm just, this is just what they have said on their show, that they just want to work up. I don't remember exactly oh, what they said, so I don't want to put words in their mouth, but they just, it was almost something it was pretty much a, 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 a along the lines of wanting to put their friendships first and let the podcast come out of that. So yeah. that's what they're and I, I and I think as someone who's you know like we are business partners and we're friends and we've I want to say either consciously or subconsciously, but I think we've even talked about this. Like we we try to put our friendship above the, the like we are business partners, like hands down, um, and like we put the friendship first. And I, I respect them for if they need to work on that, like, good for them. And anyways, this is a long way of saying, uh, why do I take a thing that could be very short or not said at all? And instead of being like, hey, just like FYI, I'm like, no, but let me just explain this for five minutes. I had to be very fun to date and very great to be married to. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, please laugh. Uh, <laughs> there was like so many things I was going to say. And then I was just going to remind you of your best man's toast at your wedding when i was chugging it but no no this is a new phenomenon luke you're not like that this is a new phenomenon what did he say like keep drinking if luke just goes on about a thing that you don't understand yeah yeah if luke keeps going on and on and on and you just want him to stop already and then i stood up and chugged an entire beer looked yeah. right at me from across the room yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> poor Catholics. We were like, Luke, stop. You t- talking about us is longer than the show that we released explaining what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, the theology of this. So anyways, we're doing it now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on January 7th. Thank you guys again. Uh, th- 2022 will be the seventh year of Catching Foxes. 
Wow. And to celebrate seven years, we have nothing planned. <laughs> In traditional catching boxes. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to say, and in celebration of seven years, we'll have seven brides. <laughs> yeah, seven brides for seven brothers. Catholicmatch.com. Was- <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring this episode of Catching Boxes. That was so funny. Well, what you said was even better. Yeah, we really do have nothing. Hey, we're just... <laughs> Seven years for me to finally go. I just really organize this QuickBooks account. <laughs> uh. I'm just kidding. So, Gilmer, can I tell you about a new norm? Online dating. Online dating is now equal, or in some cases, a more prominent way the couple of all ages and backgrounds are now meeting. Let's say my background is Roman Catholic. Are you saying there's a dating website for me? Oh my gosh, there is a website where you can start a relationship knowing you share the same Roman Catholic or Byzantine faith. It's the largest (laughs) Catholic dating app specifically for single Catholics. And can you just take a guess as to how it's unlike other websites? Pretty sure this website, if it's truly Catholic, is not going to encourage wink casual relationships and that they're actually going to help singles connect for the purpose of sacramental marriage. Let's be honest. I also have a hunch that they provide a community where Catholics can share their challenges of living life in a almost single state and make new friends. There are multiple young adults in my church who are on the struggle bus with me. Being single and in their early 30s or late mm-hmm. 30s and all their friends are married and none of them are Catholic and they're like I feel like if I just compromise so it is awesome to have a community where Catholics can share those challenges of living single it is hard to try to meet new um, Catholic um, people because there's this thing that does tend to happen where you start to like oh make the rounds and you go oh Oh, I've really like run out of people here that I that I could possibly date. And I think what I really like about um Catholic matches it, it really allows you to connect with people from all over the world. The people that like you know, like I met on there, I don't think there was one that was actually in the state that I was in. And it was really nice to know that in these like small towns where I was I'm living at the point time, I had the opportunity to connect with other um, single Catholics. So head on over to Catholic Match. You can start to create your own Catholic love story. They get new stories every week from Catholic couples who met on Catholic Match. Catholic Match is making it easier than ever for Catholic singles to connect. Use their app or website to start connecting with other singles through the messaging or video chat oh and they have video chat now how sweet is that oh that's nice uh it's super easy to get started with catholic match you can you can create a free profile in just minutes over at catholicmatch.com and start meeting other um, single catholics now go over to um catholicmatch.com put in catching foxes made with me do it and you will find true love over at catholicmatch.com thank you catholic match for supporting this episode of catching foxes really the only thing that keeps me going is uh and life in general is just to hear your sweet, sweet voice, Luke. Thank you. I, I love hearing your voice, too. Are we, we need to make sure that we talk during this two weeks. We probably aren't going to have time. So yeah, screw you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm going to be talking to Darby and James and Jonathan, whose name what is spelled Jonathan, and I don't know how to say it. How French do I lean into it? What I'm going to be like... talking to Rebecca. We're going to be talking to... <laughs> immediately moira and all the other people moira. All the what people. if we just competed for the attention of all of our patrons luke that's kind of what i do every time i go on the discord i'm like i like your comment and your comment oh luke didn't say he liked it i like your comment so go you on what's funny I, I got a, a text from my mom then she goes i'm sorry that i can't make it tomorrow and i was like what the hell patty and then i realized uh She's like, your Zoom chat. And I was like, ugh, Gormley. Because <laughs> um, it just reads as an email from Luke and Gomer. Oh, that's funny. And I was like, no, it's just, I mean, it's totally fine. I just thought. I, I did realize after I posted that that I didn't say join Gomer only. Because the best part was you came in and you surprised us all. And our hearts were warmed by your presence on Zoom. No, this was that's the one from like a while ago. I'm talking about the one sure you did last it. week. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The one I did, the one I did a while ago was the last one before last week. I thought you did one. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> we don't listen to each other. No, we don't. 
so, hey, Gomer, let's just naturally talk about whatever we want to talk about. Well, okay, no, I have a transition. I think this transition is important. So last week's episode, Church which was... That that's a sin. <laughs> last week's episode, which was heavily redacted by me for the sake of my <laughs> currently old jobby job. And you did a good job of editing. Oh, like, oh, you did a good job. Let me I just say, I, Luke, let me just say, that episode took four hours of editing. And I would say <laughs> a good two hours was spent in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> you guys do not know the hands that you are in, and they are good, smooth hands. <laughs> not a callus on them, baby. Not a real day of work in my life. Um, no, but uh, so the I, I, because I couldn't get my point across that I wanted to. And the amazing thing what? is the people. Yeah, I know. The people who reached out. Well, I feel like I finally did, but so I edited out the middle part. Um, the people who reached out to me who felt, one, similar um, I had one priest who will remain nameless say, you think you got it bad. I'm the guy that has to have all the difficult conversations, you know, on behalf of so-and-so. So I just get kicked around, you know, all this stuff. And he said, I'll pray for you. You pray for me. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's what, that's the kind of response like that, that warms the cockles of my heart, which mm-hmm. is, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm in it here with you. I'm, I'm in a different perspective. I'm in it here with you. And let's pray for each other. So that's what I've been doing my first decade of the rosaries going for them. But um, so when I started to think about this, my malaise, my general malaise at my jobby job has not decreased, but I feel like I've, I've taken your advice and I'm trying to discern where this is coming from and why it is it is the way it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, it is tied to our topic today that you suggested that I have actually been wanting to talk about for a while. You can see that I want to talk about because I mentioned things kind of on the periphery about it, such as making sure all my employees take all their vacation time and sick time and personal time and all that stuff. But I never really hit it. And what you said was we should talk about the great resignation and things along those lines because people are in a bad spot right now. And the labor market, it, it's so fascinating. The labor market is just getting hit so hard. So the other day I was, uh, excuse me, about two weeks ago, I was talking with the other directors at the office and we were talking about employee morale and all this stuff. And it turns out our employee morale was, was very high and uh, it was very rewarding. Like to think that people are like, yeah, no, we're, we're all in this together kind of thing. And we're going strong. But one of the things that we've, found out was that it, it's not enough to say thank you a million times and to occasionally do nice fun silly non-work related things that's covered by your employer you know it's not enough just to have happy hours it's not enough just to you know go to a thing or, or give presents or whatever that what we have to do is is get past that and we really have to treat what is rapidly causing burnout in people's lives and why why people feel like they're so high strung. And I had suggested to everyone on leadership team, I said, Hey, you should just go on YouTube and type in the great resignation. And they're like, what's that? I've never heard of that. And I said, well, in August and September, 4 million people each month quit their jobs in America. Like they quit. And then the people who are left over in the, according to, Oh gosh, what was it? Time magazine. They did the survey and it was, uh, one third of unskilled service workers, so people working in fast food, all this stuff, whatever, unskilled service workers are wanting to quit their job. So they're actively investigating, I want to quit. And when they were asked, I, I want to say maybe it was Microsoft that did a, that funded a study, not Bill and Melinda Gates, but Microsoft. And um, they funded a study and the study said that 4% blamed pay 
The rest blamed the insane workload that people are dealing with. And I started to look back in in context to our episode that we recorded, how I've been feeling, how other people have voiced to me their feeling. And it started to resonate. And then you told me about this article about careerism. What if people don't want a career? All this stuff that I'm talking about, I'm going to plop down in the show notes um, just so people can kind of read along with us. But Luke sent me this article, and I think it's great. So do you want to kind of take it from there? Yeah, so I, I I do want to push back on one thing. I think we'll probably get to this in, in, in the article. I, I do think pay is more important than the 4%. I don't know if I would I would want to see I'd, – I'd be curious to unpack that a bit more. So, But yeah. I know that you – know, so so Just to give you the highlight, it was a survey of 30,000 workers in the U.S. only, and it was done mm, – I want to say it was done in September. And so okay. the timepiece okay. came out in October, and they were referencing that. Yeah, yeah. So I, so this I I saw an article. So as you guys all know, I'm going to put this in the show notes because so please, uh, please, um, every day I read a uh, quick email called from the Morning Brew. It's a quick five minute. I'm um, read about just hey, here's like all the things that are going on, and just, for the most part, it's in uh, it's in uh, it's in um it's in um terms of business. Here's a snapshot of like everything that is happening right now. Um, and it's great. I love it. It's so well. It's, it is clearly one of those things where it's like it's so well written and so and a very easy read. That's like this probably took like eight hours to write. What is a you know a five minute read? Yeah. And it's one of the fastest growing um, newsletters out there. And it's just it's excellent. And for my job, I pay attention to the S and P every day to see how it's doing all and all this stuff. It's it's super important that I just kind of have a firm understanding of what's going on with all that stuff and how, because that impacts how much money I can raise, especially the next year or even like a, um, a year or two down the road from that. So I'm always, I'm looking at that. So, so that, so that is why, and I'll, and I'll, we'll have a link in the show notes for that as well. So they had an article where it said, they said, Hey, I can't, they were talking about the great um, resignation and they referred to an article like there's now this whole thing of people who don't want a career and they linked to a, um, a Substack article. And I was like, wait, what? And it just caught me so off guard. And it's from a group called, called Galaxy Brain. And I don't know anything about them. So hopefully it's not like <laughs> porno, porno, porno if you see their other <laughs> stuff. So I just, I want to be clear. Like I, I just, it is an article that I read that I thought was just quite um, fascinating. And the idea is that what one of the things that they're starting to see post COVID and part of the great the like a great resignation is a pushback against the idea of even having a career at all. Now, what they what they really um, mean by that is saying I don't want to work. I don't want to devote my life to my job. I want a job where I can work hard. I can be paid a just wage. And I can work. That's clear. Like people like want to work, but they don't want the whole. I'm on call every night. I'm on call over the weekend. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm. And they're like, why should I slave away for this? Why should I like spend half a you know a quarter of my life, whatever? Not a quarter of my life, like a big um, part of my life. I'm working for other um, people, only to enjoy the last ten years and then die. Yeah, you know. So it's and I'm like and I. I have so many mixed feelings about this, and this is why I wanted to talk about this. I think COVID is – and when I say COVID, I mean the experience of the pandemic as a whole. I have no idea what the social ramifications of this thing are going to be, and I am scared, and I'm then I'm, at times I am like I'm not scared about it, and there are times where I'm like, what is going to happen? This is nuts, and this is kind of all a part of that. So this is a very open-ended – 
I don't know even what if, if I agree with some of the stuff that you know comes out of my mouth, but I think it's important and to understand that there's starting to be this pushback with Gen Z, especially. There's a on the subreddit that's become very popular called anti work. Um, and when I first saw it, I was like, "What? Like, can we just mm-hmm. back off of the socialism?" Yeah. And the more I read it, the more I was like, "Okay, I don't agree with everything you guys are." are how are how did you find this subreddit? Uh, you just go to Reddit and just like uh, whatever's own popular starts to like pop up on the main page. So I don't even have an account anymore. Gotcha. And it just like, and you can just see. It. I was, I was, and so I was. I, I there are times when I want to see what the crazy at like. Yeah. Like, you know, what are the socialists saying? I mean, I don't mean it's in terms of like a right. I just mean like I want to know what like <laughs> the far left is saying because I'm just kind of curious. What was and, and what was the subreddit called? <laughs> Anti work. And so the idea is basically like people are now just like, no, I'm just going to quit. And I'm like, what? What the? Like this is kind of. I'm like, ah. but I also understand some of the anger and the frustration behind this movement and i think there's a lot of things there i think part of it is this the fact that your average ceo now makes way more than the average worker ever you know does and it's the highest it has ever been the destruction of the middle the middle class and all the stuff that goes along with there's a there's a whole lot of reasons why thank you richard nixon for like opening china perhaps it wasn't the best idea i i want to focus on the career part because i think it's interesting and I've talked a lot, but so really when, when they, when, when they talk about what do people don't want a career again, it's this idea that why do I need to be career oriented? What if that's just not a priority again, mm-hmm. not saying they don't want to work hard, but they just don't want to climb the ladder. If you will, they don't want to, they want to work, but they're not looking to make the build a career. They just want a job where they can punch in, punch out, and then do their thing, which was an opportunity for a a lot of people in the past and just isn't as much anymore. So I think this is interesting. And I don't know where this is all going, going to go, but I think it's worth talking about. I think this is incredibly important. One of the things how I encountered this or one of the avenues that I encountered what you're going through or what you're looking at is through Russell Brand. And he had a handful, you know, he's a comedian, left of center thinker, social thinker, you know, whatever. And I never liked him at all at all. But I heard a couple of things and I was like, oh, he's anti-porn and he's talks about spirituality in a way that challenges new atheism. Okay, I'll, I'll listen to him a little bit here and there. And it was funny because the first video I watched, it was on The Great Resignation. It was about, it. Was, his contention is essentially this is the COVID saw the greatest transfer of wealth from the poor from the masses to the the one percent than any other time in history or or one of the you know biggest times in history because and he's like let let me illustrate how and he's like so fast food restaurants use the lowest cheapest unskilled labor that's out there in order to put them in unskilled jobs you know you just function you do this thing and he said and for years they just push later and later hours some are 24 hours all of this stuff, and he's talking about it. He said, once the pandemic hit, fast food restaurants exploded in demand. And you have places like Chipotle and McDonald's and all this stuff. They're making 
they're making millions and millions of dollars more. And now you have Grubhub and DoorDash who are willing to go and get you your McDonald's and deliver it to your door. So you have this huge thing where the same workers are doing the work and now all sorts of people are being employed to put pressure, you know, to increase demand, right? To put pressure on the same staff that you have in order to increase, you know, all this stuff. And it's great except for the people doing the jobs because they're not seeing their wages increase. But with all the stimulus and all the printing of money, you have an increase in inflation. So the purchasing power of the dollar is plummeting and the people aren't getting an increase in wage, but the people running the show, right? The people who are getting rich, the people who are not working at the fry line, their salary is, you know, they're, they're reaping all the, all the profits. And he's like, this is what I mean by a transfer of wages, or a transfer of wealth. It's not that you have to go out of your way and have some, uh, you know, capitalist like guy going into people's homes to ceiling. He's like, you just barely give them a raise or keep them where they are and radically increase demand. Even though the work increases, you're not increasing the amount of employees. So, for instance, like Chipotle had like a, a 27% increase in demand, but only 8% increase in employees. So then they started come August and September and October, they started having mass walkouts. And these were uncoordinated mass walkouts of people leaving um, Chipotle's and just being like, half the staff is gone. Our store is shut down for today because they're getting employees from or messages from corporate saying, like, I know you're short staff. Just make it through. We'll hire more people. Please keep the same hours. And so you have people who are unskilled who could go to Target and make $15 an hour and not have to deal with this. And so it's just it's just crazy. And all that money is just going up to the top. And it's not finding its way down. So if you're a good boss, you would see this as like, this is an intolerable situation for my people. Like my people are being put under, I'm giving them you know 1.5 times the work but not giving them a corresponding increase in wage or time off. And I can tell you a handful of jobs where this is happening, where the people after a year, year and a half, they've had enough and they're getting the hell out of Dodge. Part of this, I think, is coming before the pandemic. There's this thing where people like you and me, for the most part, will take a look at a a person's resume and I don't care how many jobs they've had. I just don't like most people. Some do, and I and I and there's some. I know like what red flags to be looking for. I mean, uh, you know, but f- that's just not as much of a concern anymore as it was. Like I remember I was brought up one time in like one you know like one interview I had, and I was just like, "The hell are you talking about?" Like I was just so like, and I and I and I, and I got the job, and I was just like, "Yeah, I just did what I wanted to do," like you know, like, and I, I and I and I it, there's just not within a certain age group there's some people who just the mobility of our world and there are there are this is not a pro thing there are some cons to all of this it's just for people especially under the age of 40 the idea of bouncing around i mean every every you know two to three years up until about right now so for the past you know 10 like the past almost 15 years or so it's kind of the norm or it's not um, nearly as like um, big of a deal as it has been in in the past. COVID, I think, is the great accelerator, or it's just almost it's almost like a steroid where it's made that so intense. And now you have like Gen Z who's just like, I'm gonna do what I want. I don't care what you think. And if you're not gonna pay me what I think I'm worth or what I think this job or what is a just wage for this, I'm out. I'm out. And I yeah. And I there's um it's interesting. So there's a there's a part of this email that I wanted to read, but it's kind of it, it is 
uh, kind of long. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to read, um, this, the front part of the first paragraph really quick, the, a modern, so this, this is from the, uh, from the, I'm a, what if people don't want a career or, um, article the a modern understanding of a career in most um, knowledge work fields in, in involves a non-trivial amount of um, sacrifice you are expected to pay you dues work your way up and ride out the rough um, patches endurance is key if you stick it out long enough there's um, something great on the on the other side primarily security even in jobs where management is is less almost cynical and ex ex exploitative the the focus is always on the long term it might suck now but you're building toward something and that something like resume at the end of your life is the is the genuine measure of a person's worth that last line and that something like resume at the end of your life is a genuine measure of 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 a like a person's worth that i think is at the core of what is being rejected and i don't know if that's a bad thing mm-hmm. in fact i might go as far to say i think it's a good thing because and this is where i have our time it's like i have sacrificed a lot for my i'm a career oriented individual i would i would say haven't been perfect at it sure there's you know i'm still in the you know still in like the first half of it going to grad school be you know be because of my career and i'm not saying the people who have a career who are career oriented who like really have sacrificed for this that they're bad or it's bad to do that and i don't think that's what this article is trying to argue for either I do think it's arguing for that there are some people now who are starting to reject that idea outright. And I'm wondering if perhaps we need to understand why. And perhaps they do have a point. For some people, this might not be a thing worth worth pursuing. Because as as like as like um Catholics, we agree that like what you do is not a measure of your worth. Yeah. It's not. It has your I mean the church, like John Paul II, actively said, "You are not that. You are the sum of the Father's love for you." I think this is a little bit of a thing that we're seeing going on, which is that things have gotten so bad that you're seeing people's human um, human um nature revolt against this stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the time has come. It's a new BetterHelp read. So this episode of Catching Foxes is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? If you're a fan of this podcast, it's odds are it's either A, your job, or B, a breakup. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's true. It's super fast. It's pretty awesome. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. I think this is one of my favorite parts of what BetterHelp offers because if you're having, let's say you have like a sex addiction or you're, or you're struggling with what else do people have addictions to, you know, um, Jeopardy. They've got the right people who can help you with uh, in, in the right areas. And I think that's very, very cool. This service is available for clients worldwide. So all of our UK friends, you guys are good. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. And I know all of our introverts on here love that. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so 
make it easy and free to change therapists if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional therapy and love this fact right here. Financial aid is available. BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Uh, I love this. It's over at BetterHelp.com slash slash reviews. But if you are ready to go, go to BetterHelp.com slash foxes. That's better com slash foxes and join over 2 million people. That is a lot. I mean, you know, not as many downloads as we have, but still 2 million people is a lot who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for Catching Foxes listeners, that's you. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash foxes and get 10% off your first month. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this here episode of Catching Foxes. So I would say, like, I see capitalism as better than socialism. Socialism is better than communism. 100%. But 100%. before the industrial era, right, the, the new world, right, the, the new age that we live in, before the industrial revolution, all this stuff, when Pope Leo XIII launched his war um, of Catholic social concern and teaching, um, it was also in launch in reviving Thomism. And Pope Leo XIII is the one that revived it. Um, he gave it its impetus, its direction. He was the lion against modernism, and it's a it's a crime that he is not canonized. That being said, one of the big antidotes to capitalism unbridled is not more and more government regulation, because I feel like more and more government regulation is literally just the biggest corporations helping the government write regulations that screw over the smaller corporations, and you see this by. George W. Bush writing or getting pushed into law a debt bill that was literally written by the lawyers at Visa. You know, so you see this stuff, you're like, wait a second, they're all in it together, right? And when you start to see this stuff, you start to be like, "Ah, okay, so what is the Pope's vision in Rerum Navarum? And I love Rerum Navarum, but his the he he addresses the socialists. In the socialist critique of the capitalists, right, or, or of the modern industrialization of humanity, right? And he says, basically, here's the, here's the big problem. In the past, man fit in. Man had a place within church and society, within locality, within the nation, within a people. They fit in and especially work. Even for the poor man, there was work, and the work was dignifying because it meant that you belonged, right? And you have these, like, for instance, like medieval guilds, which the Pope brings up, which is, you could say in certain ways, is the precursor to trade unions, that the guilds were were part of, like, liturgical celebrations and, and political power and all of this stuff. Like, they all... They were layers of humanity. I know that we all, in our modern democratic ways, have an allergy to hierarchy. Like, we want everyone to be equal and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But one of the things that we miss from the medieval world and from the, the early modern world is that there, were la- there wasn't just – when you think of hierarchy, we just think of top-down control. And that's not all that hierarchy is. It is also layers of mediating institutions where I belong, where I fit in, where people know me, where I have power, where I participate. And that's so important. It is so important. Yes, unions have been corrupt. Yes, they have all this stuff. But the United States um, 
in our in our uh, Bill of Rights says that we have a right to petition government for the redress of grievances. We have the right for peaceable assembly. We have the you know these are things. Peaceable assembly is what a union is called to be. And then in the Catholic Church, from rerum novarum all the way up to our modern social uh, social encyclicals, they constantly reaffirm the power of organized laborers. Why the laborers? Why is the emphasis always on the laborers? Because they're the ones without power. But they actually have power when they keep it together. One person quits, okay, I'll replace you. But when 20,000 Kellogg's employees go on strike, there's an issue, right? And the Pope, the, the Pope's plural, and free market, like radical free market, like the Austrian school, they've always seen unions as a way of empowering the marketplace to correct abuses. And here's the funny thing. So me and you were talking several months ago. Uh, I can't remember. It was about like, nah, maybe it wasn't me. Okay. So in RCIA, I, I teach this class and I'm going, I'm trying to show them the practical applications of Catholicism. I said, you want to know what would be the most revolutionary thing we could, do, we could be and we could do is stop shopping on Sunday. Like that's revolution that one out of six, seven days, you stop buying things. I was like, because who works on Sundays? But the people in service industry jobs for the most part, right? I said, wouldn't it be amazing if we gave them time for their family? If 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 almost no one, like we did in, up until the 70s. Yeah, but you have a whole economy that's based on it. Right, but that's the thing. Right, but that's the thing is up until the 70s, the whole United States almost oh, always sorry, had sorry. Sunday okay. off. And the crazy thing was, it was like late 70s, early 80s where we began to change that. In the 90s, it became, yeah, like why would you give up a whole day's worth of, of income? Like you got to be stupid to do that. But this is the thing that, that I'm seeing. Like right after I had that conversation and I heard that Russell Brand YouTube video, I went to Walmart at 11, like 05, and it was lights out. And I was like, what the hell? And I went and I drove up. My Walmart's 24-7. And I went and I drove up by the windows. And I'm like, what is going on? And there was a sign on the door that says, uh, going forward, starting on this date, and it was like two weeks earlier, Walmart will be closed now at 11 p.m. And I drove away and I was like, good for them. There, yes, you can still make money at 2 and 3 and 4 a.m. And yes, there is an economy. There is a marketplace for people who work at, you know, work at night and sleep during the day and stuff like that. But dear God, why are we running so? I mean, there's some institutions that may need to be 24-7, but not all of them. And there's this habit that we, I, I feel like, this is the thing that I think is great. That's the corrective. That's why I want to talk about it, is I feel like, because of so many people in that lower area of unskilled labor, they're just like, it's not, it's not worth this. Nothing is worth this. I'm out. I think they're right. I really do. It's dehumanizing to chain the human to the, 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 the grinding wheel and have them march in circles day and night. So someone can have taquitos at two o'clock in the morning. Now, those were very magical moments in our <laughs> lives like after you. drinking. Don't take away my Whataburger. <laughs> How dare you all break your hip? Well, and, and I think this is the thing that like when I it's, – it's, it's, it's tough because I'm thinking like, oh, what if this person hears this? What if that person hears this? Yeah. Like, I'm I thinking the same living, thing too. Like I work, in, I work in a field like where I depend upon people who make money who are willing to – like I'm giving it away and like – and they're – and I'm not – it's – 
I think it's I, I, I let me back up here. I think it's very important to acknowledge that I am not saying to people I am a career driven individual. I think that although you are as well, hundred percent. I think it is very good to be that. When I read the churches of the documents, when I read the writings of like Pope um, Benedict and of people like um, Balthasar and of um, and of um, John Paul II, you're more you're more conservative popes. They talk about this stuff, which is why I'm. Which is why I've started to change my tune a bit about a couple of these things right right, right, right here. And I think you're right. Like this whole idea of like my life should be oriented towards work. I'm like, that's not Catholic. And the, the like, so if you, if you, I'm looking at work, it has always been around for like before the fall. Um, work is ultimately a creative act, which means it's an act of love. And it's an act of love. It means it wills the good of the other. Yeah. And when I take a look at how we do a lot of work right now, I'm like, is this truly willing the good of the other? If your boss can get a hold of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like the, oh, like, and like there are going to be on weekends where things happen. There's going to be like, that's, that is the norm. And there are some people who like work in jobs, industries or whatever, where their whole thing is like, hey, we kind of have to be like this. It's just how, and like, I, and that's part of it. But it has become the norm. Burnout, like you know, the burnout thing. People brag about how many hours they have worked, yeah. um, how uh, how much they've had, how much they've um, had to travel, how much they've been away from their families, or how much they've all this stuff. And I, and I'm like, I don't know if this is worth idolizing. Yeah. Some people have to have jobs where it's like that, and I like. Take take a doctor, take a, you know, take other things, or take people who work in you know intense um, uh, in intense um, industries. And some people have jobs where like, hey, to run this company, I have to be I have to be career oriented to run this company this this way. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like that, like that does make sense. But this idea that the order of our of our like you know like our society should be for how we work, I think that is wrong, and it should be that we should base some work around to build up our society. So it's it's we've. We we really have it wrong, and I'm I'm taking a look at this one church document um, called Laborum Exer. I don't know how to pronounce Exercens. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, and uh, <laughs> in part of nineteen, they they talk about where basically what you're being paid in that people should be um, they should they should be given like um. It should have like a family wage that can support the head of the family. So whoever staying, I mean the head, you know, whatever. So that so the, like whoever stays home doesn't have to work outside of the home to take care of like their family. And there should be other measures that like allowed within like you know like in a society to support to support our society. And I think a lot of that, and so people can. Um, I want to make sure I. I Get this right. Like that should correspond to like what are like their um needs so that people can actually live. Like so people can like can live. And I think this is where I kind of go back to something like we have like you know um argued about before. Just because the market says this is the right wage if it's almost um, seven dollars an hour, but a person who's working full time can't afford an apartment on that, should a Catholic business owner pay more? I'm starting to lean more towards yes. So there are explicitly Catholic businesses that sued Obama, right? The Obama presidency. I was I was called racist one day because I said Obama, and I didn't say President Obama. And I was like, "Do people do that for ex-presidents?" Who called you a racist? Uh, a, a, a very vocal parishioner 
very vocal parishioner who brought his whole family wearing vote for Beto shirts and they wore jackets and right when the host was elevated or something like that, they all unzipped their jackets and they all sat in the front row and it was, it was ridiculous. But he said, I was like defending the guy, not in that doing that was shit, but this email he sent, I said, well, you know, the issue was, and I was trying to build like a bridge of sympathy and I was like, you know, like I didn't vote for Trump and blah, blah, blah. And when Obama, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Obama, Obama, you and your white privilege. And I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, his name is President Obama, you jackass. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, gosh. I'm literally trying to build a bridge to you. But some bridges can't be built. Um, What was I saying? What was I saying? Luke, bring me back. I don't know. You were no, no, no. Winner roller. Oh, God. You distracted me. I was talking about like just wait for people to be able to like have a family. So can I can I add a part here? I please think this, do, this Luke. Going to please do, and I'll edit. So basically, else. and uh, you know, I don't care what what people say. So in this church talking, they're, they're talking about the importance like of like women being like being moms, and they're talking about the you know advancement of women, and they say here. I think this is a really crucial part that we have to wrestle with because I think this is part of what this stuff is trying to get to. The true advancement of women requires that the, the like labor um, should should be done in a way that like women do not have to pay for the advancement by abandoning what is on the what is like specific to them and at the expense of the family in which um women as mothers have irreplaceable for have an irreplaceable role so the idea that in order to exist in a society where we have this type of wealth where we have the structure that 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 we have it's not fair that moms or the people in the home have to make a choice to go and work in order to like exist and then the kids are like you know like and then yeah. it's we if we really believe in the family like we need to be able to pay people in a way to where they can support their families mm-hmm. Listen to this. Listen to this. I love this thing. Uh, Besides wages, various social benefits intended to ensure the life and health of workers and their families play a part here. The expenses involved in healthcare, especially the accidents at work, demand that medical assistance should be easily available for workers as far as possible should be cheaper, even free of charge. Another sector regarding benefits is the sector associated with the right to rest. In the first place, this involves a regular weekly rest comprising at least Sunday and also a longer period of rest, namely the holiday or a vacation taken once a year, even shorter periods of rest. The third is a right to a pension. So the, the whole idea right at this is there comes this fever pitch where the higher you move up the food chain of your career, often the less freedom you have from the jobby job demands. So you're expected to be always on. You're expected to be checking your email at vacation. I remember reading an email um, that was praised by the productivity community. and Or not the email, the bl- a blog post. And the blog post was written by a boss who said, can we just stop the lie? Can we stop the lie that you're on vacation on some forbidden mountain range or island that modern technology has not heard about and you really can't get my texts or get your email? We all know you can. You're just refusing to. And people praise it as another example of, I think, a false understanding of work. So for me and you, 
right? People who have careers, who love our careers, who who seek education and opportunities and certifications to grow in our careers, the tendency can be to overwork. And by overwork, I don't mean putting in 45 hours a week. I mean, sometimes I would put in 60, 65, 80 hours a week. And that only comes at the cost of my family, okay? That only comes at the cost of my family. They're the ones who have to pay by my absence, my exhaustion, my frustration, the fact that I'm a bitchy McBitcherson when I come home and I'm just snapping at everyone. So there are repercussions that I'm cheating on my family with my job because I'm not resting. I'm, not gi- I'm only giving them leftovers. And so one mm-hmm. of the big things within this context is seeing that, um, that too often we think we re- – we always think the lazy man is the man who works 40 hours, but the honest hard worker, and that one of the quotes from your article that you sent references this, is the person who works 60, 70, 80. You're a real worker, and that's to be praised and glorified. I used to believe that 100%, and I no longer believe that. I no longer believe that because people have lives outside of the job. Mm -hmm. You can only get, if you're a Cal Newport devotee who believes in doing deep work, your best, most meaningful work every day, you can only get four hours of honest, deep work out of a human brain a day. And then the rest is just going to be busy work and chit chat and all these things. And so when we refuse to acknowledge that, we demand that people always be connected. We're always getting the worst of our people, not the best of our people. And we're creating undue anxiety, we're burdening them with this insanity, and we're refusing to give people who could be the most exceptional people in our organization the rest they need to truly be a brilliant. You can't just do it running. You know, what's that line from Alice in Wonderland? In our country, uh, in the queen, the the red queen, in, our, in my country, you have to run twice as fast to stay in the same place. Like... That's what we're doing, and it's not yielding the returns that we think. It's just killing our people and ending our families. We need to slow down. We need to back off. We need to unplug from the anima technica vacua, and that is exactly what Monk Manuals can help you do. Monk Manuals is an incredible company. They emphasize that these manuals are not a productivity tool. It's meant to help people live in an integrated spiritual life and bring God into their daily action. It is built on the best practices that you'll find in productivity and psychology of human flourishing, but also the Catholic tradition of spiritual growth and wisdom. I mean, I'm telling you, this gets you to slow down. Think about your day, your week, and your month. It's it's an excellent, high-quality material. You want to have this with you. You'll take it to adoration. You'll have it with your prayer. You open it up, track habits, track all sorts of stuff. I wrote to them asking them to send it to me two months before this ad read so I could thoroughly get used to it. Now, first, I was a little bit intimidated because there's a lot going on. But once you break it down into the month, the week, and the day – And you realize this is to get human beings to slow down and actually think about where they are. Unplug from the rat race and the anima technica vacua and realize where they really are. And not only this, but they also have a sprout journal for children. This is great for getting kids to slow down and actually teach them a practice of reflection 
and solitude at an early age. I gave mine to my daughter, Cecilia, and she loves it. When do we give kids time to contemplate who they are and what the gift of their life is and will be? My favorite thing is it helps them build gratitude for the day. Now, this is written for 8 to 12-year-olds primarily to gain a better rooting that can only come from silence and reflection. Our technology is meant to capture and consume, to consume and capture but we rarely ever reflect. The Sprout Journal, the Monk Manual, these things can help you slow down, be more reflective, and be rooted truly in virtue. You're going to want to head on over to monkmanual.com, and you can use the code FOXES for up to 10% off through the end of the year. That's use the code FOXES for 10% off through the end of the year. You're going to love this. It's going to bring thoughtfulness. It's going to slow down your life. Thanks to our friends over at monkmanual.com for sponsoring this show. Well, and I think one of the things about this whole idea of rejecting a career, which, again, mm-hmm. not saying everyone should do or this is the right way, I, but I, I think it's something worth talking about and unpacking why they're doing this and, like, what this means, is a whole lot of caveats because I don't want to get a lot of, a lot of angry emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we're such cowards. No, I don't, um, I don't think we're going to get angry emails. No, but I'm I'm just I'm like <laughs> there's just <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later. Mm-hmm. Um, is this idea that why should I mortgage my like why should I like spend all this time try, like trying to like mortgage the, like future for right now or like I don't, or like right now f- f- for like f- 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 for like a future that may or like may not come to be judged by a thing I don't want to be judged by. Yeah. Like, what if I want to part, be able to participate in society and be around my family and do things? Like, why why do I have to make this choice between a a career and these other? Like, it's kind of like that old um, Simpsons joke. Here's the thing that you have to sacrifice in order to be like, I'm good at business. You have to sacrifice. You're like, I'm family, friends, and and like, I'm your religion, right? And um, it's. Should you really have to do that? And I think the answer is no. I do think there's – I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, listen, I don't want to devote my entire adult um, life to a thing that I just don't care about. Mm-hmm. And I want – or so I don't want to climb the corporate um, ladder or, or, or I, I want to work hard, be like I'm paid a just way to be allowed to contribute – to society. I don't think that that is a bad idea. At the same time, I don't think people who want to – I think – I'm not going to change being being career oriented. I'm just going to like move away from saying that I think this is the norm of what everyone should should be. Yeah, because like I mean, I'll I will be honest. Like I could spend a whole heck of a lot of time on catching foxes. Yeah, and on and on our business and finding different revenue streams and all and all this stuff. But I would not have time for my for grad school for my real job. And for like Aaron and Everly, mm-hmm. it's not possible. There are not enough hours in like in the day. So I have to make a choice. Do we have to be in a rat race or, or, or is there like perhaps like a better way where some people can go, you know what? I don't care about how I advance about trying to ed- trying to advance in my career. I just want to do I just want to do a good job be 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 paid a just wage and then be able to go go home yeah there's nothing wrong with that and in fact the just wage part is possible so jordan peterson has this line where he says that he, he repeats often and he says you know to the to my critics on the left 
when the discrepancy between how much money is kept at the higher tier versus the masses, he said, after a while, the masses become so aware of the disparagement that they begin a revolution or a revolt or whatever, and it ends in a bloody way. And he said, so for the people at the top, it is in their best interest and society's best interest to organize itself in such a way that those at the bottom or the, or just the masses of people, the, the 80% of the people are getting a just remuneration, right? Within this context, he said, but when you see, you know, tons of people working hard and that money just goes up and I'm not saying executives and CEOs don't work hard. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. Neither of us are saying that we, we are not socialists who are critiquing, you know, work itself or, you know, all this stuff. But what we're saying is that there becomes this radical discrepancy that previously, until about 2002, I think, in the U.S., didn't exist, where the lowest or the, the average salary in a company and the CEO's salary were exponentially different, exponentially different in terms of annual salary. And so he said, what he says about society in general, he says it, it, it behooves the people in power, if they want to stay in power, to bring equality as much as humanly possible while obviously acknowledging it's not going to be perfect or, you know, not literal equal like everyone gets $5 and you better be happy with it. But when you apply that to a company, when this, just the top level people are making X amount of millions of dollars per year and the people down lower who are actually doing the sales or making the products don't see that return. I think you would apply the same thing. It's only a matter of time within that organization until you get a revolt, until you get a, a strike, a protest, a whatever. And it is dumb. Like So that's why I started to say this earlier. Catholic companies that are explicitly Catholic that went against Obama, and then I went off on that Obama tirade, um, that are explicitly- that there was. That, there was. <laughs> we're back. That were against Obama's um, you know, uh, contraception mandate and all that stuff uh, for, their, for Obamacare. There, there was this one company out, I want to say it was in Colorado or Idaho, where they were, you know, in total opposition, but then they, like, you got to know this company. And it's like, they all own the company. If you're a full-time employee, you have an ownership in the company. You all succeed when the company succeeds. And I want to say there is a, a percentage or like a ratio between owner income and employee, or not owner and employee, the founding family that like literally owns the company or what, whatever it is. But they, they keep this ratio so that the, the highest earners in the company do not outpace the lowest earners. That when one benefits, when the company benefits, literally everyone in the company benefits. And it's just crazy to think. So just imagine your local McDonald's that has seen three times the amount of traffic. It has 80% of the amount of employees that it had pre-pandemic. They're required to do more work, work longer hours, and they're not seeing a rise in income. So I mean, here, here's a perfect example. So I'm going to keep this anonymous. And to me, this hits home the point. So there is a hotel company that owns, let's say, about 15, 20 hotels. So they're not a Hilton, but they're also not a mom and pop, like, I built this, you know, whatever. So they took over this beautiful hotel in a certain city that I'm somewhat affiliated with. And when COVID hit, because people occupying hotels dramatically decreased, their revenues plummeted, right? So they laid off a bunch of their employees. 
but they didn't lay off all their employees because they could keep some rooms open. In fact, the hotel got money from the state to put COVID patients in and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. So this one guy that is a friend of mine worked at this hotel. He never stopped working at this hotel for the two years during the pandemic. He often worked 80-hour shifts and has received one modest bump in income. They are working at 60% employment in his department pre-pandemic, while the hotel itself is seeing a return to 100% occupancy from pre-pandemic. So they're, they're operating, you know, at you know, however many rooms are filled. They're right back to pre-pandemic times as of like six months ago. But his staff is still at 60%. He has 40% more people to hire, but the corporate office won't let him hire. Because they're making so much money. And so he is having a deal. And I said, why don't you quit? Why, well, I don't know where to go. So you feel trapped, right? And I said, the most important thing you can do right now is to start applying to other jobs and say, I stuck it out with this company during COVID. They you know, laid off all these other people, but they didn't lay off me because they know I'm good. I'm the right person for your organization. This is my incoming salary that I want. I was like, you need to do that because then you need to turn around and say, I'm out. Because they, they have two, they used to have four people in his position. Now they have two people who are working 12 to 16 hour shifts. It's insane. But they refuse to compensate him. And they're like, what do we do? We don't have any power in this situation. It's like, the only power you have is to quit. But you better have another job lined up because you got a wife, you got kids. You know, so this is where the church and rallying around people, this is where this is very important. Well, and I, and I do want to add a thing here. Like, it's very easy for us to say this right now. <laughs> like, it's much harder to put this all in to practice. Like, much, much harder. And it, it, like, there are so many things to play. There's, like, the values that you have. And, like, you want people who, like, oh, match there. So if you're a person who really values, like, if you're the head of a company or if you own your own business and you value being career oriented it's gonna be super hard to hire people who who aren't and people who aren't who are gonna come and work there aren't gonna be very happy there and that's okay i'm not saying that like everyone should be um like reject the idea of a career but i am saying i think it might be for the good of like our society if we stop saying that being career oriented is the only way a real adult should be or that a working adult should act. Um, and again, it's super easy for us to like. We don't have to worry about like, you know, having the, having enough uh, people wanting to pay people. Like the pressure. I mean, can you imagine? I don't want to um, name names or anything, but like, I know a person whose um, company lost seven hundred people in two thousand eight. And so when, you know, he, I forget when he brought this up to me, he was like, when I have to make a decision, if I screw this up, hundreds of people can lose their jobs. Yeah. Like, like that's, I, I can't even fathom that. Right. So to me, like, bring a dress wage, you know, like, it's yeah. like, okay, bad right. boy. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, right. and I, 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 I like acknowledge it. Like I have a, like, I'm getting there, but, um, but I always, uh, I always am nervous about the just wage argument. Cause it's such a nebulous, it can be such a nebulous can, yeah. concept like just wage means supporting a family well what family the family that overspends and blah 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 or the family yeah. that lives oh, yeah 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 you know yeah, and yeah. we've talked about that in the past but uh, you know here's here's a very interesting thing like i because of this um i've had some very frank conversations with people where it's like okay so during covid we lost 10 people 
some of those people at my church. Some of those people were full-time employees. We've hired two full-time employees out of the 10 that we lost. So out of the, out of the 10 people that we lost, I think seven were full-time employees. We've hired two full-time employees. All their work that went to those other employees are divvied out over part-time jobs or added to other people's jobs. The majority of those people's jobs is added to me. <laughs> right. So I'm doing this. I'm literally being a youth minister. Every Sunday, I'm going and giving the talks. I'm writing the life nights. I'm doing this stuff to try to take some of the pressure off of my youth ministers. But I'm realizing so, uh, it, one of the things that I, I um, read in preparation for this was there's a, um, a, uh, there's an, an interview. Sorry. Ugh. There's a YouTube interview called The Great Resignation, Why U.S. Workers Are Burnout and Quitting by uh, Amanpour and Company. She used to be a CNN rep, um, Mm -hmm. CNN journalist. And so uh, this one woman, Michelle Martin, interviewed Jennifer Moss from her book, The Burnout Epidemic. And she says, this is what burnout is. Burnout is unmanaged stress at work. It's exhaustion without an increase in happiness. It's overwork without connection of value, output, or creation. And then it ends in cynicism that leads to hopelessness. That's the last stage. So you have exhaustion, overwork, and cynicism. And the yeah. lady said, well, why do you call it, you know, why do you just keep it to work? Like burnout at home, burnout with your family, you know, taking care of your elderly grandparents or elderly parents. And she said, no, 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 no. You keep it to work because this is unmanaged stress at work because the problem is what all the self-help books do is they say, well, just do self-care. And see, this is the part of the systems thinking that we need to have. When you don't approach it as like, okay, this is my responsibility as an employee or as an employer to make sure that my employees aren't burned out, what we instead do is we say, well, you're not being productive. Maybe you're not doing enough self-care. Oh, my gosh, you should have a spa weekend. Why don't I give you an extra day off? And you realize, and her whole point is, this isn't your problem. This is a work problem. So when you have nurses that mass quit, That means hospitals are going to shut down, which means people aren't going to get the care they need. So what we need to do is we need to own the fact, like, so I I have 11 employees now. I need to own the fact that some of my employees are at their breaking point, and it's not enough to say, well, I'm going to give you an extra day, a week off work, or you need to take a mental health break. Don't come in until Thursday or whatever. Because I've had to say that to some of my employees. But now this is hitting me more and more that it's like, oh, my gosh, no, we let go a full-time person or a full-time person quit, and you've taken their job. You've got a bump in your salary, maybe, but you're doing a whole other person's job. And during COVID's worst times here in here in Texas, yeah, that might have been fine because we only had eight weddings or we only had, you know, X amount of kids mm-hmm. in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. But now we have a hundred weddings. Now we have, you know, a thousand kids in youth ministry. This isn't a hundred kids in youth ministry now. Like all of a sudden, the it is an unsustainable workload. They're isolated. They're lonely. And I'm going to give them a $5,000 or a $6,000. Like, that's where I think that statistic bears out. Like, yeah, a, a, a bump in money would be nice, but I still have to deal with the anxiety, the outrage of parents, the mental, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. the unsustainable workload isn't going away. Well, and I think a big part of it, too, there was a thing on I heard from um, 
the Working Genius podcast was the first time I ever didn't necessarily ag- agree with it. They were talking about uh, like three ways to retain people, and it was like get to know them, have like uh, want to work with them on having shared uh, shared all the measurables, and I forget the third one. And I was like, yeah, you're right, but all that depends upon like having a boss who's good or not. Because if your boss um sucks, that's not all. I'm not because like I'm like a boss could kind of yeah. do those things, kind of. Or do like Surfacy. two out of three, yeah, and be crappy, and it's still a miserable place to work, and they're gone. Like people do leave bad bosses. Why I want to bring this up is like I think one key thing that's super hard as Catholics, and especially um, there's a couple things I don't want to. I'm talking about here as people like who um work, and when you feel responsible for a thing, there's things that you want to create, and, and like and like the things that you want to do, and you want to provide for your family, you want to provide for, you want to make sure that your that your employees have jobs, and you have people that you are accountable to, and all that stuff. It is very, very, very hard, and it is ext- it is not easy. Where you lose yourself is when that is the driver for the kind of person that you are as opposed to this stuff. Because this is what it means to be a Catholic is that the teachings of the church is what drives the kind of person that you are. So it's not so it, of course it is a thing that you're trying to attain, but it's more about where you are coming from. And that's the difference between creating a false idol out of like out like yourself or getting kind of like I'm lost in just like the techne of our post Christian of our post I'm a Christian culture and trying to cling to the cross. It's not about it's not about I'm a, it's not about success. It's about being unfaithful. So if you're coming from a like a from a place of faith and you're trying to do this stuff and you screw up but you're trying and you're you're um, you're and you're at least I'm wrestling with this. To me, that is a big difference than being like I'm like I'm um a Catholic and screw you guys. I'm going to do everything I can to, just to make as much money as as I can. Those are two very um different things. And the vast majority of Catholics that like I know, especially right now in my job, who like you know own their own business, who are you know, who have jobs where, like, the work they do, like, feeds, like, helps people, like, have jobs to, like, feed their families and to, and to like, like, do all this stuff. They're coming from this. They're coming from, like, a place of faith. And they're trying to, they're trying to do all of these things. Where I see a lot of the tension is, and feel free to tell me that I'm wrong, is that within the culture, that's not what it is. Within within the culture, it is a work, 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 get get you know, like get like as much as you can and all that matters is like what you've done and how much and like how much money you have. And that's what's wrong. The funny thing is this is to connect it to all of our Patreon fans' favorite comments. This is one of the appeals of fire for a lot of people, the fire movement, financially independent, retire early, is because it's like, I got to get the hell out of this rat race because the rat race says, I do this until I'm 65, then I can retire. And that doesn't sound like a good deal. So the only way I can enjoy my life is when I'm too tired and old to really enjoy it. And the funny thing is within the fire movement, there are other little movements that have kind of spawned out from it. 
And the, one of those movements is what we call the mini retirement movement, where it's like, listen, if like any good cult, like any good cult, there are several subcults, like subreddits, uh, <laughs> which is the the idea of taking mini retirements, which is like, you know what? For I've saved up enough money that for a year, I'm just going to stay at home with my family, or I'm going to work. I know people time. who have done that. I uh, yeah. and and let me tell it's you, crazy. the thing that changed my life, Luke, and I'm not joking when I say that. I'm not exaggerating when I say it. COVID changed my life. When March, April, and May came, and I was at home. I mean, I was only at home for March, but <laughs> I was mm-hmm. full-time and back in the office at April 1st. Um, but the experience of being home with my kids and to hear them say, but, Daddy, shouldn't you be gone now? It's the weekend. And I'm like, Mother, like, I leave to make you happy, and it's making you miserable. Oh, crap, maybe I'm the one who's wrong here. Maybe yeah, my calculus. I remember, I remember that. Yeah, my yeah. calculus was so screwed up. And it, that's when I, I came up with that short story in my head about the wife who complains to the husband, you never spend any time with your kids. Spend time with your kids. Why don't you take them to the park? All right, fine. And you go to the park, and you realize the park is, like, trashed, and so you start picking up the trash. You start doing this, and then some people notice, and you invite your neighbors over, and they start picking up. Then all of a sudden, the local news media, hey, one man cleans up the neighborhood, and you're giving interviews, you're organizing volunteers. And the whole damn time you never once played with your effing kids, right? Like, that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like, even the things when I take off of work and like, I'm going to be with the kids. It's like, yeah, well, daddy, daddy has to take a two hour nap because I'm exhausted. You know, like, Mm -hmm. because, okay. So like, for instance, Caleb fan of the show got me to do a a parish mission and said, can you do a staff retreat? I could have said no. I could have said no. I could have said no, no, I can't do a session. But I was already planning to take the day off, and I'm like, why not pay for Christmas in one work day, <laughs> right? So I planned on waking up at 5, getting ready for the day, driving up at 6 to Dallas, 3-hour and 15-minute drive, do my couple talks, you know, four talks for the parish staff, take a break, maybe go meet some friends, and then head over and do my parish mission in the evening. Instead, what happened was I woke up wide awake at 2 o'clock in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep. So at 6 o'clock, I'm leaving the house. I'm dead tired. I fell asleep twice while driving. So I'm calling my wife to stay awake, having her talk to me, show up five minutes late to my own staff retreat, give the retreat, sleep in my car. I have terrible stabbing stomach pains, give the retreat, fly back home, you know, and then mm-hmm. have to be at work at 8 a.m. the next day. And I'm, and then I come home from work and I slept from, uh, from, from what? F- when did we eat dinner? We ate dinner at five. So I slept from like 5.30 to 7.30 on the couch with my kids all around me. And I'm like, I hate this about me. I hate this about me. And so looking, coming up at my events and looking forward the 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 siren call this is why greek mythology matters the siren call to make more money if you just give us more time your kids matter just sacrifice your children on the altar of moloch known as careerism you can do it and i'm like i don't i don't want to do it anymore i'm seeing so many of my friends did you know did you know luke that drug that recreational drug use is down for eighth to twelfth graders Huh. Like substantially lower. Really? Yeah. You wonder why during the pandemic when people are, are now now killing yourself with overdoses is much higher. But do you wonder why it's down? It's because parents are home with their kids. 
Yeah. Well, I would imagine for a kid, the experience of COVID is probably a little bit different. Although I feel the worst for the for high school kids, and that's a whole yeah. thing. But like, especially when you are younger, your world's confined to like a six block radius for the most yeah. part. Like you know, I mean, of course you get to school, but like you know, yeah. you're not going that far. You're not, you know, um, and if your parents are home more, you're probably just like, hey, this is great. <laughs> you know, like I'm like you know, it's it's. Um, I can see that, especially if you are like junior high. Actually, I can see it being like a big deal. High school is when I get more worried about people because it's just like at, at junior high, you're still not you're not having to. I'm gonna drive anywhere. You're still you can ride your bike anywhere. You know, you're that kind of like the best age in terms of like going out and doing stuff. That's interesting. One thing I wanted to talk about too in here, that I think it's kind of just really quick to think about. I hit on it real quick, but they talked about the true advancement of women should require people to not like them leave the home if they you know go like that's. I it gets really um, really unmurky there, and I want to be clear i think what it is talking about and what i think is important is that you shouldn't have to like have a career you shouldn't have to make the choice between a career and your family and i think that's ultimately kind of the point of that is is that that especially for for like like um uh, like um, moms who are so important to small kids and their overall um, development and all all that other stuff like sometimes it happens and that's and that's a part of it but like and there's a, I think there's a difference between having to work in a career so having to make the choice to be like I have I like have no option but I don't know I I just feel like there's we're too binary about like these um conversations. Yeah. So yeah. So I I I have those quotes. It's from paragraph nineteen in um, Laborum Exertions, and I have those in our show notes. But um, the the really important thing when we talk about this, there's a wonderful book that I was just discussing with one of our youth ministers this last week, who is also a Patreon supporter. Nothing endears your boss to him more than when you give him back some of your money. Um, so <laughs> PJ, PJ, you is, give forty percent to the government, twenty percent to Luke, twenty percent to your boss, and twenty percent to your savings. That's fine. Yeah. So PJ, PJ, and me, we're talking about um, Leonard Sachs and one of his books, um, which is a great book, and it reminded me of this other book that was really starting to form me and hit me hard. Um, Hold on to your children uh, by Gabor Mate and someone else. And so I was talking about that book and how like devastating it is like the most if if financially one parent can stay home you should because it is devastating to the developing mind of an infant to have both parents leave them with a stranger to you it's not a stranger but to an infant it is and it's traumatic to have the next best thing is to leave them with uh, a family member that's a part of their lives. So to have grandma come over, grandpa come over, or to have someone in their life, like one of them. And he said, and then the third thing would be if you have to take them to a daycare is you have to negotiate with the daycare. And this is what they advocate um, with the daycare of building a, like meeting with the teacher multiple times before you drop your kid off at a daycare, because the kids don't know the difference. They don't know what this person is. And that's why when every year when Little Saints kicks off, you hear for two weeks solid kids just screaming. Those screams are not, I want mommy. Those screams are also like, 
panic and fear. So the role of parents matters so deeply. And biologically, the role of mothers surpasses that of fathers in terms of breastfeeding and all of that um, beautiful nurturing. So the understanding of keeping parents home with newborns and all of that stuff is so important. And so that's why in that document it says, but it is fitting that they should be able to fulfill their tasks in accordance with their own nature without being discriminated against and without being excluded from jobs for which they are capable, but also without respect for their family aspirations and for their specific role in contributing together with men to the good of society. And then Luke's quote, the true advancement of women requires dot, dot, dot. And so one of the things that we see is when you give women time to be at home with their newborns as much as possible the women feel much more connected to their newborn. They feel much more okay eventually with coming back to work. They, there's less like there's less trauma involved for both child and adult uh, in this situation. In fact, Sweden did three years of um, stay at home care or what do you call it? Um, baby time leave, whatever that's called. Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on it right now, but like maternity leave, paternity leave. They did. I think it was two years, but then they, they stopped doing it because they found out that women wouldn't return to the workplace. So they're like, nope, our social engineering experiment uh, is going wrong. So we'll just give you one year and then tell you to get back to work. But um, it, it is it is powerful. And then when you go to the Catholic Church and you find that they give you two weeks or four weeks and then make you take short-term disability and make you, you can only get 60% of your income paid for just being at home with your child for two months. Like that, that's like a totally different message than, yes, I support the family. You know, it's, it's directly in conflict with laborum exercens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. You know, it's, um, it's hard, man. It is hard because as an employer, I can't, the two women that are going to have babies this year, they are integral. I don't know what, I I don't do what they do. I hire them to do what they do. But now when they're gone, how do I fill that void? Well, my workload is going to increase. So this is the one thing, again, as a manager and as a boss and as a capitalist pig, I have to figure out, (laughs) right? Like I have to figure out like, okay, I got to hire someone for your job that I then have to fire in two months. Who would take that job? Yeah. Right. Because I can't discriminate you and kick you. So this this is why it's, I'm just bringing this up because it's so complex. No, it is. It's so complex. It absolutely. And it's just, it's, it's super like, I don't think people realize sometimes how um like stray but a little and they will fail most organizations are yes yes you know like i i just we I, walk I, I, upon I the have, knife's edge <laughs> stray but a yeah, little no I, I mean like i'm serious you know like it just i love your use of the lord of the rings movies <laughs> talking about modern labor economics i love it well it's true because I, yeah. I think like a lot of people during the pandemic were just like yeah they're fine just pay people anyways and it's like that's it there is a finite amount of money here that actually goes away very, very fast. And if you don't do this stuff, people, you know, and like, and I like, and like when I meet with a lot of different um, donors and stuff, who, you know, and, and they might own businesses or be like, you know, in, in um, higher up, up positions at, at their places of, of work, like they, this, they, they're the ones who have to wrestle with this stuff. So I can see why at times they're just like, yeah, you know, but, 
this is reality. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and, and I, I understand that. I, like, I, you know, I, like, I get that. I live that. Like, it's, and it, it's, this is why Catching Foxes exists, is to exist in, like, this tension of, like, this is what the church is telling us to be. Like, this is where we should be, I'm coming from, and what we should be striving for, where we begin, where we start, and, like, where we end. And it's not easy, and we're going to fail. And this is there times where it's like I'm consciously going to do the wrong thing because I'm just like this. I just can't. I don't know how, you know. And I'm not advocating for you all know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it this whole idea of like people being capitalist pigs like drives me up a wall. Like there's a huge difference between a person trying to keep their like business open. So people can like have jobs and feed their families and all this stuff, and like, 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 like Ford not do a recall on a car because it would be a more expensive than just paying out all of the loss of um, sediment from like people who 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 die. Like, there's a huge difference between that and small business owners, <laughs> you know, trying to do the right thing. Like, there's huge, there's huge. And I, you know, and I was I'm meeting oh, the guy the, the, like on Mother Day, and he was just I'm telling me about like the core parts of like his business, and like and and I get why they have to be like that, and I like it's made them be able to have the business and like give people jobs, and that that and that's the thing the church says is a good thing. Yeah, like I know a guy who outsources all of his manufacturing in China, right? All of it is in China, and when I was asking him about it, he said I don't I don't know a single place in the United States that could do what what we do. I said, well, then do you need to do something differently? Like, because I'm literally quoting the the Vatican. Oh gosh, what was it? They released this document on work and work and justice and all this stuff. And so I was going through some of it with him, and he said, "Listen, l- let me explain this to you. There's no pl- There's not a machine shop in America that builds what we built. What we need built. He's like, we we don't own the companies, the factories over in China." We give them the work orders, and they build it exactly to our specifications, to our number amount, and all this stuff. And he's like, there, it doesn't exist anywhere else on Earth. He's like, that's what you don't understand, or what people don't understand is, it doesn't exist in America, what we need to function. And he said, but for my employees that are American employees here, every one of them has the best health insurance. I take care of their families like i go above and beyond at the cost of my own profits thankfully happily at the cost of profits you know and he it's not like this his company's a publicly traded he's the sole owner and he's like yeah he does this because he knows for the part of the company that he can control right so the outsourcing to china whatever he's like it doesn't matter the employees that i employ the 30 people or whatever u.s employees they are paid not you know well beyond a living wage their health insurance is the best possible you know there are people who he employs that have cancer and they can get onto their health care program and get that taken care of right get treatment and he's like and i don't care what it costs me out of pocket because i know i'm conducting my business ethically but my business wouldn't exist if it also wasn't for China. And so that's the crazy thing in our market today is that we've created like went out like we haven't just outsourced to China. Oh, here's this one part, you go build it over there and I'm saving 50 bucks uh, uh, per labor or whatever, per labor hour. It's now because of 50 years of doing that, 
the whole social institutions itself, the schools. Steve Jobs, or not Steve Jobs, uh, Tim uh, Tim Apple. <laughs> he said that. Uh, Tim Cook. Yeah, Tim Cook. Trump one time called him Tim Apple. Uh, Tim <laughs> Cook, he said that. He's like, their high school education is built around factory work. He's like, we don't have anything like this in the States. So that, that's another, I'm just saying this, I'm not like defending all this stuff, but these are layers of complexity for owners of capital as well as for employees. And that's why unions are an important thing because they're another, this is the, the libertarian kind of explanation, they're another market signal that wages or working conditions aren't just, right? And that's why those things matter. Uh, yeah. And that's why the Catholic Church has always held them in tension. It's so easy to write this off. Like, it's so yeah. easy for people on the right to um, be like, career, not being career-oriented, that's bullshit, you know, or whatever. Or, like, people on the left being, like, capitalist pigs or something yeah. like that. Like, it's so easy to just, like, dismiss the other. Presuming the good and trying to get at because, you know, like, there are things about the career, like, the career-oriented um, part where I'm just like, yeah, but, like, the world doesn't just exist around you. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, sorry. The, the world isn't built for you. But to a certain extent, it should be in the sense that we should be – our whole um, society should be built around the dignity of the human person. And what that looks like – like, could you imagine being in a job where you're paid, like, a whole bunch of money and your job's – and, like, you, you kind of know that deep down it serves, n- like, no purpose. Mm-hmm. That your company is just like so it's like so bloated and so big. There I um heard a podcast on this and they're just like, this is kind of a weird part of the economy where people have these jobs where it's like, oh, I don't really need to do anything, but this has just been here for so long and it's such a part of this bureaucratic, weird, huge group that it's just my job's just there. And just how miserable that is. If you're only working two hours a day and you're um lying about what you're doing for the other uh, six or something, like but then, if you also have a job where it's like, well, who was holding that person accountable? <laughs> you know, like, like how did they get? How did they get that? You know, there, there's there's like all these um, layers and all and all these aspects. Of it, but there is this element of like, hey, um, it's not about you, and you need to be asking. Like everyone should have the other. Like, what are workers and what are? This is a, a thing that is actually in the article. What are? What like is management and like what like workers? What are they owed and what do they owe each other? Those are real and important conversations that have that like have that have that have to happen. And what I'm starting to reject is this idea that as an employee of the organization, I should be the only thing that matters is how devoted I am to the mission. Because I've seen too many Catholic organizations where they say that's that that is what they're doing, but the way that they work, they don't. There are no goals. There is no purpose. There is no like, hey, here's what we're trying to do. Here's 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 how we're going to do it. Here's how we're we're, we're going to help you do better. No one at the diocese fought to keep me. They haven't. They never fought to keep anyone of like my te- of like people that like I that I I'm worked with who who like who left. Do you know what that tells me? That I don't matter, and and, and to and to like a certain extent, I get it. Like they're like it's a ministry, it is a church, it's different. Perhaps th- they thought I sucked. I don't know, but there's this aspect to it where it's where it's like, do people just not care? And and, and that like no one wants to be at a place where people don't care about them. 
and th- there's a there's there's got to be like a middle ground between. Uh, I feel like maybe I should take that part of the diocese out. <laughs> no, I think that was. I don't think you. It was okay. inappropriate. Okay, and, and 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 like I mean, like like the people that like we that we had on the show, they were awesome. And there are people at the diocese who are great. It's just not the same there as it is at like other yeah. organizations. And I think with 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 within, within the church, there's this thing of like, well, we know we don't pay as well. Then there are other like opportunities. And I'm like, does it have to be like that? You know, it's I don't know. It's and it's easy for me to to to, to like sit here and like just like on the Monday morning quarterback the the whole the whole thing. There's a great line from Laborum Exercens where Pope John Paul Saint. Pope John Paul said, unions differ from guilds on this essential point. The modern unions grew up from the struggle of workers, workers in general, but especially the industrial workers, to protect their just rights vis-a-vis the entrepreneurs and the owners of the means of production. Their task is to defend the existential interests of workers in all sectors in which their rights are concerned. And so he talks about this being indispensable in social life. He said, but not only industrial workers can set up these associations. And this is where I think JP2 is so great. He says there are unions of agricultural workers and white-collar workers, and there are also employers' associations. All, as it has been said above, are further divided into groups and subgroups according to their particular professional specializations. And that's one of the amazing things is the right of association means that it's not just employees that get together and fight against their demonic employers. Employers need associations. And part mm-hmm. of those associations means that they're working for the best of their business and their business means also of their employees. I remember Joey Muckendaller, he one time said to me in um, one of those um, B-side interviews and the only the last 10 minutes kept and it was the best 10 minutes of the interview. Oh. I remember that. Yeah, and yeah, he said sucked. he said sometimes people at church forget that their fellow co- co-workers on staff should be or need to be objects of evangelization and discipleship too. And he's like and they need healing and they need people to understand them and all this stuff. And it, it's true. It's like people in ministry position it's like this is the job. You know what the job is? We're evangelizing, we're catechizing, we're forming, we're doing this, we're doing that. And then you you're done doing it? Okay, then go away. And it's like, what? I don't think you've ever got to know the person. Like, what? What can we do to keep the person? And I do. I start to feel that, right? Like, I, I, the words that you're saying and the words that I'm reading continually reflect within me. Like, there are calls to be better here that I'm, I'm, I'm failing at. And, you know, the, I mean, what, what would happen if we had a train union of church workers, of parish employees? What would that look like? Be interesting. It would be very, very interesting. One of the big things that we need to constantly address is the goal to making society more humane, right? More humane doesn't mean more left wing. No, I agree. agree with you. I agree with you. It, It saddens me that so many people think that making the economy human centered, uh, and not profit centered will ruin one will ruin the economy, which it won't. But number two, uh, is socialist or capitalist or leftist or whatever? It's not. Yeah, and and yeah. and it is sad because, you, like, you are anti-Catholic. Now, I'm not saying there's not room for debate within these things, but you are you are outside the Catholic fold if you view things like unions and all that stuff 
Like, I can view them with suspicion. I mean, Lord knows the mafia infiltrated them. They've done terrible things to companies. They've fought companies, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of other issues here. And we're not trying to get into all of the issues. What we're talking about specifically is that the Catholic Church says you have a right of, of assembly. The United States Constitution does. And when there are problems, sometimes in the labor market, when there are problems and distortions mm-hmm. within the marketplace, just speaking libertarianly, uh, the way to one of those market signals is things like strikes and uh, you know boycotts and things like that. And so, whenever we have um, whenever we have these issues that get brought up, immediately gets filtered through political lenses. But my hope would be that people would say, you know what, it is a be- we live in a better country when service workers don't have to work round the clock. We live in a better country when Walmart shuts down at eleven or midnight. We live in a better country where people who work at gas stations can go home and spend time with their families. When people can worship Jesus Christ in the church, you know, uh, on a Sunday. Like, that's a better world. And that's a world that we had 30, 40 years ago. And it's not insane to think, like, oh, we could go back there. We could go back there if we stopped this insane, like, Wall Street has wrecked American businesses to think that the only thing that matters is future growth. What about the actual good stuff we're giving now? Like Apple notoriously has had a horrible time with their talk market, stock market because they would say like they release the iPhone. They're like, yeah, but how can they top this? So then their stock declines. The best time to buy Apple stock is after a, a revolutionary uh, product announcement because then the market says, well, yeah, but that's not future growth. Right. And it's, it's crazy. That's the wrong metric. Oh, yeah. And it just it's yeah. It's super tough, too, because you did so many things that just get cut up in this in terms of, like, what people are value because it's either, like, value hard work or there is such an entitlement with certain people where it's just, like, this is not how, like, like, yes, like, work is a good thing. It exists before the fall. Work brings dignity, honors dignity. Like, actually, um, working hard tends to make people happier. I don't mean I'm working yourself to death. I just mean having a good work ethic. Like, those are two different things, having a strong um, work ethic and being like, I worked 80 hours, I'm a tech bra. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's like it, it's not, that's not a work ethic. Like, I think back to, um, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to be careful with, with I don't want to uh, name names here, but a person in my life who may or, who may or like may not be family, who did extremely well, extremely well, and it was like, I'm not working over 55 hours a week. Like, I'm really smart. I work my ass off. You know other companies will, like, come and hire me like that. I'm not. If I don't have to, I'm not. Like, don't call me over the weekend. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> and he had probably one of the best work ethics of anyone I've ever I've ever known, hands down, bar none. And I, I just think we confuse those two things. No, he was in in in, in, a, in a position where like he could do that, but but like even as like a young as like a young man, he was just like, no, I'm not gonna. He goes, I he goes like, I don't believe that you get better or you can do the same amount of work if you're working, you know, like eighty hours a week. I don't think the quality of your work is the same across those eighty hours. And it just it uh, I think COVID has given us a very good opportunity to have some of these 
conversations to be like, what kind of a society do we want to be? Because I think people are starting to revolt and people's nature is really starting to say, hey, this isn't right. And um, I actually am, see it as a sign of encouragement. Yep. So Me too. Me too. Let me just quote two things in the catechism to assuage the the people who think that what we're saying is a bunch of leftist nonsense. It's not. There's a lot of nuance that we're not going through because that's not the point of the conversation. But let me just say this. The church's social teaching proposes principles for reflection. It provides criteria for judgment. It gives guidelines for actions. Any system in which social relationships are determined entirely by economic factors is contrary to the nature of the human person and his acts. That's a quote from um, the Centesimus Anus, paragraph 24. And then in paragraph 2424, a theory that makes profit the exclusive norm and ultimate end of economic activity is morally unacceptable. The disordered desire for money cannot but produce perverse effects. It is one of the causes in the many conflicts which disturb the social order. A system that subordinates the basic rights of individuals and of groups to the collective organization of production is contrary to human dignity. Every practice that reduces persons to nothing more than a means of profit enslaves man, leads to idolizing money, and contributes to the spread of atheism. You cannot serve God and mammon. They say, like, the spread of atheism. Yeah, because one of the things was, you got to remember, this was written in 1992, or published in 92, that communism um, had just collapsed, but, like, that was a very big... Um, you know, if if you're going to fight, so one thing is man is nothing other than he produces, right? So that's modernism in and of itself, so atheism. And then the other is, well, the antidote is socialism, so atheism, right, in terms of that. So it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. And it... Huh. Individualism is rejected by the church. I long for human labor. All right, Luke. Two hours of conversation. We said we keep it to an hour and a half. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, my friend. I will see you on... Uh, give me a second. I was lying in bed, as all good podcasters do. <laughs> Audio jack ending in three, two, one. Stop. Stop.